This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, welcome back to Rams Talk. Good to see you again. Everyone, Adam, Vic and Callum joining me tonight to, to uh, discuss the Cambridge United game yesterday. A nil-nil draw, but there's lots to talk about. So we will be discussing that and also looking forward to two games in a week against Blackpool and Cheltenham on the road. First up, Adam, how you doing, mate? I'm all right, Jamie. Not too bad. Uh, like I usually say, would have been better if we won. Um, but there we go. Got a point yep. at least. So there we go. Very true, very true. Vic sporting the new home shirt. How you doing, mate? Suits you? Thank you. Yeah, not too bad. Like uh, Adam said, could have been better with the three points, but I guess the draw is better than nothing. Exactly. And lastly, but no, by no means least, Callum Bucock down the right-hand corner. How you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, by the sounds of it, I'm pretty glad I didn't go. Um, seems like a very boring game to be at. Yeah, I mean, nil-nils are never fantastic, are they? I mean, you, you come away from the game feeling pretty unfulfilled, to be honest. You you expect to see some goal. Um, I think we got unlucky, in, in all honesty. And I guess, just to start, Adam, we approached the game uh, with uh, Barkhazen coming in for Sibley. And it was quite clear that we were going to try and exploit them in wide areas with pace, with with Mendes Lang and, and Barkhazen. Did you foresee that that was going to be the tactic that we were going to use? And, and how do you think we deployed that? I thought we probably would have kept Sibley in after his performance at Carlisle personally, but then Barkhazen, I think, is a, is a good attacking player. Um, so, so I don't really mind the swap there. But then when it came to playing it out wide, I think it just got so um, repetitive uh, yesterday on Saturday. We'd come out wide... More, it was 50 50 whether we'd be the man, in my opinion. But then when we did, um, we just, we just couldn't get anybody on the end of it, we just couldn't get the ball, the perfect ball into the box, which which is just shame seeing we we look so one dimensional when going out wide. Um, if Mendes Lang doesn't beat the man, we kind of look a bit lost for ideas, um, and then have to play it backwards, play it around a bit. But but no, I, I mean, we went out wide, did it work for me? Personally, no. Um, I think we could have maybe been a bit more adventurous. I think that's how I've described it. Yeah, definitely. I've um, 
I've lost well, I lost you there for a period, Adam, because I, I lost my internet, I think. But hopefully I'm I'm back now. But I, I can guess at what you said, potentially. Um Vic, I guess looking at um the game and, and discussing kind of the key chances, it it feels that we come away and Warren was obviously positive with his comments and said how how well they played. Do you think on, on the whole, if we'd have scored a couple of them opportunities, that we actually come away and think, actually, we, we played quite well? Yeah, I mean, if you look at hindsight, I think, to be fair, first half I thought we were pretty good. I don't think we were bad at all. Um, had the most chances, dominated play. Second half, I think we sort of went back into our shell. I thought we sat back a bit too much for my liking. And it just invited Cambridge onto us. Like you said, if we'd have scored a couple of goals early on, like Mendes's chance after the first minute or two, uh, put that in the back of the net, it's a different story. We would have had three points, everybody would have been more happier. But I guess with hindsight, if I'm being honest, I don't think the performance was that bad yesterday. It's probably one of the better performances that we've literally had this year. Um, I think sometimes with the fans, I think we just expected a bit too much. Yeah, we could have scored a couple of goals, but... I mean, talk about improvements. The improvement was there yesterday. Um, it's just we just in the final third, we just lack any sort of cutting edge, and I think that's the thing that's killing us at the minute, especially at home. Yeah, definitely. It's weird to think that we've got it on the road, but then at Pride Park, we can't seem to put the the ball in the back of the net or or kind of emulate those those performances. I mean, Callum, why do you think that is? I think we've talked about it on previous pods. We've talked about it in the group chat. What's that blocker at home at the moment? Expectation, maybe, as Vic was alluding to. Um, you're expected to dominate the ball, um, have the majority of the share at home, um, and the worn style of play maybe just doesn't suit that. You don't maybe want to see a lot of the ball. You want to catch teams on the counter. Um, and if you're playing up against a team like uh, Cambridge or Cheltenham that's coming up, uh, who are going to give you a lot of the ball, that might be where we fall short. Um, it might be also um, that when you look at just, again, stupid little things, pitch dimensions, pitches, you would think that with the ball getting out wide and the way Paul Warren likes to play, that should fall into our hands. But, I mean, when you go to these little um, pitches across the league, um, the long diagonal, um, the direct style of play suits because of how small the pitch is and how deep the team and opposition go because of how um, how our pitch and how our stadium is set. It probably just plays against us a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I think we've got to try and find, you know, the the recipe to win games at home because if we can't win games at home, then we're not going to be able to to kind of mount that, well, that promotion push, I guess. And I think that that needs to change. Obviously, we've got a little while until we we play at home now with with kind of fixtures. So hopefully, we can we can sort out that. Uh, In, uh, so just looking at comments on YouTube. So Jim Johnston's got in contact. He's put, hi, guys. Great until the final third with no killer pass through ball. Strange subs too. As I've taken Waggy off for Sibs and Mendes Lang for Wilson. PSR backline is looking good. Adam, I agree with everything Jim, Jim Johnston says there. Um, and, and just to, I guess, touch upon the defence, I think yesterday it was, it was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, I think... 
I can only remember Cambridge having one opportunity and that was a shot from about 30 yards out that didn't really threaten, in my opinion. So I think defensively, we were, we looked really solid yesterday, probably the best defensive performance we've put in so far this season, in my opinion. Niambe um, looks a quality player for me. His calmness on the ball at times um, is definitely what we need at the back. Because I think when, when the game kicked off, it was a little bit end-to-end. I thought Cambridge put the ball on the floor and tried to pass it sit around us and at time the Amber's coolness on the ball was was really key in, in just relieving us of some pressure and, and taking the sting out of Cambridge coming forward. So I think defensively it was probably the best one of the season so far. I don't know if anybody can point out a better one for me, but I didn't think we looked threatened at all yesterday. Yeah, I feel we've settled on that that back four, haven't we? And yeah, I guess to echo what you said there, the Amber's come straight in and Sometimes with new players, they take a little bit of time to get up to speed, to learn the ropes and to learn how everyone plays. But I think he's he's been fantastic. And I guess it's uh, a looking at it's looking at the, the free agency market and thinking, could we again dip in there and, and get something else? Probably not. I think actually when we have all the players come back from injury, we're, we're definitely one of the best squads in this league, in, in my opinion. But he is a good kind of advocate for that for that particular market. I know we talked about it last week as well. Well, Jake talked about it last week, Vic, with regards to Curtis Nelson. He just seems to be growing and growing with every game. And he's, I think, to, for me, he's the first name on the team sheet. I don't know what you think. Oh, 100%. I think he's probably been our best standout performer so far this season. Um, he had a bit of a shaky start in the first game, but after that, he's made that shirt his. He looks calm, reassured. He's a no-nonsense centre-back. He's going to put his head on everything. He's going to blast that ball into Rosette if we need to. And he's got he's actually got a quick quick turn of pace as well, which is nice to see in the centre back. So I mean there was one point in I think it was it might have been the second half where Nelson literally ran through the midfield all the way to the the end of the box. And you you reminded me of like Keo back in the day when he was going these like suicide <laughs> runs. But yeah, now for me Curtis Nelson's been the probably the surprise standout performer for the for us this year. But as I always say with anything good at Derby, long may that continue. Hey. You had to get it in there, didn't you, Vic? Surprise it's taking you nine minutes in all honesty, mate. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I think hindsight and we we start at the top of the show saying about nil nil and it's you know it's it's frustrating coming away and, and potentially when you tweeted out yesterday, Callum, with with one word to sum up the game, I went I went back with with boring and and probably that was a little bit of frustration because Today, looking at the chances that we had, you know, we did create some some good opportunities starting in the first minute, like Adam said, with that Mendes Lang um, opportunity where the, the ball just seemed to kind of skip up over the over the player. And, you know, you should be backing Mendes Lang to with his pace to run on and, and put the ball in the back of the net. He obviously takes a, a strange touch. And then I think also the the touch to to Barkhaze and his is um you know poor for for him to get the shot in on the angle which was quite a a poor shot i think the keeper actually made a bit of a hash of that in, in all honesty why do you think we're not taking these chances at at home i know it's it's probably echoing the question of why we can't kind of win but it just feels that at pride park the ball's not going in in the back of the net Whereas away from home, those opportunities seemingly go in the back of the net i, I just can't i just can't mm. work it out yeah, um, when you look at 
you need to put balls on on target. I mean, when you look at the stats, we had 12 shots, I think only two on target all game. You ain't going to, especially at home, you're not going to threaten any sort of uh, promotion chase with those sort of stats per game. Um, We need to get that shot on target higher. Um, And we might be creating half chances. Um, And uh, the one that you alluded to there, the one in the first minute, it turned from a pretty key chance to a half chance because of the ball getting stuck under his feet. And by the time he got it off to Barcazen, it was kind of a, a snapshot. Um, when you're running through on goal with your two quickest players, you should be then really having a, a much firmer uh, chance on goal. Um, and I think that's just across the boards where we're really snatching at shots. We're, we're kind of putting loads of crosses across the face of the goal. No one's getting in on them. Um, and the amount of, the, probably the, the, the stats of crosses and attempted crosses is probably where we need to have the shots and attempted shots on target. Uh, and that's probably where we're, where we're at. We're getting in there, but we're just not putting it in the back of the net. Yeah, exactly. I think our striking and scoring prowess at the moment is about as good as my Wi-Fi because I'm really have to listen to what you say because you're jumping. Apologies if uh, yeah, I'm not making sense or coming in at the wrong point because my Wi-Fi at the moment is pretty terrible. So apologies about that. Adam, I guess the, the biggest chance we had and an absolute sitter was Waghorn's header in the second half. A, a great ball in from from Mendes Lang. And and to be honest with you, I think us three would have probably, well, us four would have put it in the back of the net. It seemed easier to to hit the back of the net than anything else. Waggy's a strange one because he had that performance away at Peterborough and you'd think that he'd kick on, but he's just seemed to, I guess, go backwards over the last couple of weeks. What would you put that down to? I think, I think as a team, we've, we've slightly gone backwards in terms of attacking. I think, that Peterborough game, obviously Waghorn was absolutely immense, but then there was a lot of other players that played really well. I think, like I said at the start, we were more adventurous at Peterborough away. Waghorn's goals were were completely different from each other. And now I think it seems to be that we're just crossing the ball and hoping one of the strikers in either Waghorn or Collins is on the end of it. And, you know, Waghorn's got many different variations to his game now. As a more experienced pro, it's not just getting on the end of crosses. Um so, I'm, you know, I think at Carlisle, he was a little bit more adventurous with his shot taking, although it didn't come off and he might not have his best game. I, I think he had a little bit more confidence then. I just don't think he had, he had the opportunities yesterday to to try some shots from distance or, or try something different. I think obviously using the width meant that he would have had to have a first time finish like the header straight into the ground. I always say I'm not a professional footballer, but I agree, Jamie. I I'm probably might have put that in myself. Um, yeah. But no, it was, <laughs> it, was um, it was a strange one. But I don't think I'll put it down to Waggon going backwards as, as a sole player. I think as a team, I just don't think we're as, we're as free flowing as we were when I, when I think we set the benchmark against Peterborough. I think I think we've slowly gone backwards since then. Personally, I, I think though, just to add to that, what Adam just said, I think if we look at how teams set up at Pride Park compared to how we can play away. So we'll we'll set up the same way regardless. But we know when teams come to Pride Park, they're more than likely going to come for the point, maybe try and snatch all three on the counter, which is making it more frustrating for us to try and break through the lines. If we're playing that same way away from home, the onus is on the home team to come at us so we can play our free-flowing football. I think that's the difference that we're finding with playing away and at home. Three out of four away from home, one win, away, one win at home. 
it, I think it's because of the way teams are setting up against us as well. I think we snatch it t- chances too to add to that away from home, which which just in turn means we score more goals. I think at home we're more obsessed with this sort of nice passing football when coming forward on the counter and the goal has to be almost perfect. But away from home, I think we snatch it chances more, which means we end up with more goals personally. Yeah, agreed. And I guess to to echo what you say there, Vic, it was Cambridge's plan to come and play for a point. And if they could nick something, they'd nick something. But you know, you saw the celebrations at the end from the players, from the manager, from the team. They were more than happy with that point. Um, and I agree. I think teams just come here, sit in, try and frustrate us. I mean, you know, the back two for them, their two centre backs, I think combined age of probably about 70, to, to be quite honest. And we didn't do anything. We didn't turn them. We didn't make them think. I mean, you know, seen on Twitter that, or X or whatever you call it nowadays, that James Collins, you know, what did James Collins do yesterday? But to be honest with you, we didn't really have a chance to do anything. So I think it's it's one of them where we have to kind of understand how to beat different teams at home um, and break down those those kind of barriers that teams put up against us. I think one of the, one of the things that I was thinking about yesterday, and, and I don't know what you think about this, Callum, but... I just felt with Fauna and Smith, we were a little bit too similar in there. I think Smith tried to play. Um, however, I think you can just have one person doing that in there. For me, if Max Burr's fit enough for the bench, is he fit enough to start? I, I don't know. But what did you think about the, the two centre mids? Um, I think when you look at uh, Smith um, and Fauna, we, we were talking about it just before we went live, Um they do pretty much the exact same role um, in terms of, I mean, Fauna's just a fitter, uh, more agile and younger version of Corey Smith in terms of the way he plays. Um, we needed that person yesterday and Conor Horahan and Bird are, are more like those sort of centimetres who can thread a through ball, um, do something that um, can unlock a, a defence that's just sitting behind the ball. And when you look at Bird's... Um, Really, when he got the best of his uh, time in uh, the start of the season, it was more in that advanced role. Um, and that's where at the moment where Waggy's kind of in that 10. So if you're going to do a 4-2-3-1 and trying to do it like an advanced eight, um, then Bird will be that. And you'd have maybe Fauna and, and Horahan or Fauna and Smith around him um, to pick up the balls and give it to him. Um, we've really lacked that cutting edge. Um, and I think that the two of them yesterday, um, as, as as good as they were getting the ball back and passing it and just getting it out wide, um, we had then no threat going down the middle, in my opinion, other than a couple of snapshots. I think Fawn had a, a snapshot from the edge of the box that nearly went in. But other than that, it was mainly get the ball, win the ball back, get it out wide as quick as you can. And as Adam says, put shot uh, crosses in and, and hope someone gets on the end of it. Yeah, no, I agree. No, I definitely agree, Callum. Just going to go to YouTube for a couple of, of comments. DCFC James, give me a shout out. He then went on to say please. So we have to give him a shout out. He said please. So shout out to DCFC James. Um, we've also got Jake Barker. His voice isn't working tonight, but his thumbs are. Do we think the confidence of the, of the front players has taken a hit when they get so few chances? We rushed every shot yesterday. It felt bizarre. Yeah, I guess whenever we seemed to get in the final third, everything was over here. It didn't have enough power on it. It wasn't kind of placed in corners or... Uh, yeah, so I tend to uh, agree with Jake for, for one rare occasion there. 
Um, we've got the <laughs> Talking Gas podcast as well. Yeah, Welcome, yeah, lads. Yeah. Evening, evening, lads. So, shout out to the Talking Gas podcast. Um, they'll be happy that they've signed Chris Martin, but we won't get onto mm. to that subject tonight. Um, and Jake also said, "Is that Stitch on Vic's bed? Probably, yeah." There's a couple of them. Giraffe's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> out, Stitch is in. Oh, Giraffe's yeah. here as well. He's here somewhere. There he is. <laughs> Adam, set pieces yesterday. We talked about it before we came on air, and, and you were quite uh, quite animated about your uh, your opinion on set pieces yesterday. So uh, I'll let you just take off air, on air, if, if you wouldn't mind. Oh, we were terrible at them. We were, we were <laughs> terrible at the set pieces. I, I don't think that's an overstatement. I think we're, we're, we're putting in court. I think that the main point for me was when, when we clearly were about to do a set piece routine where all the players stood outside. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The box ready to run in. And then we whip in a corner at the front post, which just blew my mind because no one was in the box for it. And it just got headed away. Then we had a free kick on the edge of the area and it just hit the first man in the wall after we'd done all this setting up for it. And it, it was annoying, but obviously, like you said, do, does Conor Horahan come in? Um, yeah, we need his dead ball uh, special, basically. Um, I know we don't often score from corners or free kicks, something like that, but it's just that added edge. Um, adds a little bit more more unpredictability when from the corner a ball might come in and it might drop somewhere. And I think I think definitely if we're looking to score more goals, which we need to, we need that we need that added edge to our to our game. We can't we can't be wasting these opportunities because we in my opinion we're creating so few and far between clear cut chances in the match just need that little that little extra edge and, and yesterday's set pieces were were really poor from derby um unfortunately uh, but the only way is up really so uh, that's a positive i guess yeah and i think Warren obviously said after and and i watched uh, the debrief with Sean Barker and he kind of said i think both of them said that Games like yesterday it is a, sometimes a set piece that that wins you the game, and then that's three points. And yeah, I mean, some of the the set pieces. If you're a professional footballer and can't beat the first man, I mean, fair enough. If someone's meant to make a run and they don't make the run, then then fair yeah. enough. But it just felt yesterday that every single ball into the box, bar maybe the one that that Mendes Lang kind of picked out for the the waghorn chance, they were just over here, under here, and and just not on the money. And as you say, say there, Adam, we've got the captain coming back and, and that's what he's got in his locker. So it's an interesting one. And I guess, Vic, to come to you, with Max Bird and, and Connor Horahan both coming back seemingly over the course of the next week or so, what is that three going to be if if we play that that kind of formation? Or, or what's what's the midfield going to look like in, in your mind? Um, well, I think it'd be... It'd be harsh to take Fauna out because I thought he was pretty decent yesterday, probably the best of the three midfielders. Um, with Bird, you know, you've got that energy and I think Paul has alluded to try and playing him maybe more further forward so maybe we could see him in a more advanced midfield role. Connor, you know, he's got the he's got the dead ball specialist. He's got a good free kick in a corner on him. The legs might not be there. And I think, was it Smith? 
I'd probably take Smith out to be fair. Um, but I think if we go back to the Bird Horahan, I mean, we've had this debate all season, I think, about how similar they are as players. But I think at this moment in time, it's probably what we need, especially if we're looking to play this 4 2 3 1. It's probably the best suited formation for both of them to be in the side. And then obviously with Fauna in there, you've got the energy, the legs to sort of do the, the sweeping up like he did against Cambridge yesterday. That would probably be my three. It's a shame that Embleton's injured because I thought he might have really grown into that midfield three and offer us something different. Uh, for one, he might have actually put a better corner in than Sibley or anybody that attempted yesterday because I don't think we beat the first man <laughs> at all in any of them. Like like Adam yeah. said, it was shocking. Yeah, so um, I think probably probably slot them back in as soon as possible, really, as soon as they're fit and raring to go. Yeah, I think Embleton probably would have put in a better ball with a torn quad uh, yesterday, to, to be quite <laughs> honest. Weak foot, strong foot, whatever that may, whatever that may be. Um, I mean, that leads me quite nicely in, and I had the uh, the tweet loaded up from Jake, who tweeted out earlier with regards to the injury so far this season. But I've had to close it in an attempt to keep my uh, Wi-Fi running and and not uh, and not blipping out on you guys. But the injury list it gets worse. Obviously, Embleton going back to. Uh, Sunderland with a, a torn quad. Um, we also learnt that Elder has a hernia. So the list is long. And I mean, it's getting better, of course, because we've got Bird, we've got Hurahan coming back. It doesn't sound like Tomo's too far away, but just feels a bit of a mix of, of bad luck, bad fortune, and, and potentially a, a bit of overwork. What, what do you think, Adam? I think... Maybe the players have been overworked. Obviously, we know how, how tough the pre-season was for them in terms of getting fit and ready to play porn style to the max. But I think we have just been unlucky. I mean, how many other teams... We all, I think I said it in pre-season or at the start of the season. You'll go through spells where you'll have multiple players injured at once and it will be how you, how you cope with those spells in terms of squad rotation. I think we're doing that a little bit, but I think... When it comes to the game on Tuesday night against Blackpool, I think we'll see uh, a couple more rotations in terms of trying to prevent those injuries. Because I think a couple of players now are starting to starting to tire. You know, some of the players that have played almost every match this so far this season, or they probably have played every match. Um, I, I think we've just been unlucky with the injuries. You know, some of the injuries that we've got are just, yeah, just unlucky in the games that we've played. There've been some really physical battles against teams at the top end of this division. And you're gonna you're gonna have little injuries through that, but to have so many key players out um, so early on the season is disappointing. But hopefully they come back to full fitness and we can have a grab a bit of a, a late push. Not a late push, but we've not had one at the start, so hopefully it can come come during the middle. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And hopefully those injuries are out of the way, and we can, I guess, go into the next period before Christmas and after Christmas. And touch wood, keep everyone fit, raring to raring to go. One of those that we talk about every week that needs a rest is is Mendes Lang Callum. I mean, he's strapped up. He honestly looks like he's forced out there at times. He, he does look knackered. Played 90 minutes yesterday, which I really, really don't understand. It leads me on to talk about the subs. I think, personally, Warren got them wrong yesterday. Um, I know, speaking off air, that, that Adam thinks that as well. Not to put words in your mouth, Adam. Um, with regards to taking Barkhazen off before Mendes Lang. But I also think there's two game changers on that bench for me, Max Bird and Kane Wilson. And they both come on with 
five minutes to go. I mean, yes, there should have probably been a bit more added time at the end because that was ridiculous when that uh, that that board went up. But it feels like sometimes Warren gets the subs bang on and then the next week, it's the opposite. He, he obviously, I don't know how it works. I mean, what, what was your thoughts on the, the subs yesterday and, and what would you have done if you were Paul Warren? Um, exactly what he did just 10 minutes, 15 minutes earlier. Um, in all honesty, um, the, the, well, Barkhazen, maybe, but like I said, who, who you bring off, do you bring off Mendes, Lang, or Barkhazen? That, that's probably the only thing, um, for, for Wilson. Um, but in terms of who he brought on, I'm happy with, with those and their game changers and they're sat on your bench. Um, saving grace a little bit that they were sat there for two, two, three minutes before they were due to come on because of uh, the ball not going out or whatever. But still, it should have been, it should have been at least 10, 15 minutes uh, sooner because um, the, the midfield needed a bit of energy, um, which Matt Burke can provide. And, and Ken Wilson, we know what he can do when he comes against the towering defence, especially when you said... Um, uh, the, the defence of Cambridge against Kane Wilson is fresh, um, is frightening. And it that's where, as you say, he, a couple of weeks ago, we were singing his praises um, in terms of getting the, the, the subs bang on um, and making an impact. And they make an impact when they come on and have time to do so. Um, but yesterday, what are Kane Wilson and Max Berg going to do in five minutes? Nothing. I mean, us four could have done exactly the same thing as those guys, and and we're we're no professional footballers by any means. Well, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> so what we've worked out from this is if we were on the end of that Mendes Land Cross, we would have won the game, and we could probably perform as well as Max Bird for five minutes. I quite like your optimism there, Callum. To be quite honest. We'd be top of the like league it. if all four of us were playing, mate. We'd be, we'd, exactly. We wouldn't be talking about this. We'd be talking in positivity. <laughs> Sign us up. Sign I us might up. text. <laughs> I might text you next time I play football just for that confidence, uh, confidence builder. I'm, I'm injured at the moment, so it's fine. <laughs> Vic, I just wanted to come to you. Obviously, on the 31st minute, we saw the the round of applause for for jo- Josh Vickers and a tribute to to Laura Vickers. It was one of those times, I mean, I've only had a few at Pride Park where almost emotion comes over me. I felt cold for a minute and I felt it was spine tingling. It really was. Just sum that up because I know that you obviously there yesterday and and kind of sum up the emotion for for people that weren't there. I mean, for me personally, it was a a beautiful thing to see. I had to hold the tears back because it was just, like you said, an emotional time. I think Josh Vickers really would have appreciated it as well, just because I think going through such a difficult time and such a difficult period for him, knowing that he's got 27,000 fans behind him as well as everybody else, giving him all that support and love that he needs at this time. I think that's quite really, truly special. And a shout out to the Cambridge fans and players too. Um, they also joined in. So thank you for that, uh, Cambridge United. That was really nice of you guys to join in as well. But yeah, like you said, it was a, it was a, it was one of those experiences where you don't often feel it, but when you're there in the moment, in the in the flesh, it's 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 special. And um, I'm glad that we managed to give it as good a tribute as we could have to him. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. And yeah, when that image came up on the on the scoreboard, it was yeah, like you say, you you're trying to kind of hide hide emotions, but then feel like you should actually show emotion. It was it was quite a, a strange feeling, but a great support. And like you said, there, thanks to. 
Cambridge fans for for joining in. They also sang um, There's Only One Josh Vickers, I think, as well. And then we got back to the football and they were singing about Nottingham Forest. So, you know, there, there you go. <laughs> so we can't credit that, but we'll credit the uh, the chant for, for Josh Vickers. Well, we've got two games to, to preview. Um, we're going up to Blackpool. I'm not going. I went up there previously and that was a good away day, but I'm not sure Tuesday night's going to be the one for me. If there's, well, if there's two people from our little cohort that I think would be going, would be Adam and Adam and Vic. Are you going, you two? Yeah. 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 Of course they are. <laughs> Die hard. <laughs> Die hard. Well, it was amazing last time we went there and jumping around if we were going down and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'd take a another win there and uh, and come back and, and hopefully go to Cheltenham and get another another result. But we know it's not that easy. Adam, coming to you first, what do you think of the next two, Blackpool away and, and Cheltenham away? It's a chance, I guess, to get some points on the board. I definitely think that in regards to the Cheltenham game. How do you think the, the Blackpool game will go? Well, I, I want to say there's no expectation on it after Cambridge, in my opinion. I think I think a lot of fans are a little bit disappointed with the point against Cambridge and kind of forgotten that we've got Blackpool, who are, who are just ahead of us in the league, if I'm correct, and coming off the back of a very good victory. Um, they seem to be in a bit of decent form, 2-1 loss in five. and So, difficult game. Definitely take point away at Blackpool, and I also wouldn't mind um, maybe some squad rotation. So, I'll take a point if I had to give you a score. I'll go with a 1-1. One, one. Be more than happy with that. Snap your hand off for that because I think when we look back, Blackpool are going to be in and around there come the end of the season. I think they're a bit of an underrated side for me. Awesome. We'll go and do the Blackpool uh, predictions first and then I'll come back to you and do the, the Cheltenham one. So, Vic, Blackpool away. What do you think? What's your score prediction? I mean, I went to that Blackpool game in the Cup and uh, they played this off the for the best part of 90 minutes so I am a bit concerned however we seem to be talking to you so like away from home we tend to be pretty good I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw um, just because I think we, we won't perform bad and I think we'll nick a draw there a goal scorer let's go with let's get Washington on the scoreline he needs a goal I think we need to boost his confidence up as well are you doing Cheltenham afterwards or do you want me to do that as well or no, we'll, we'll get Callum's. Actually, no, Callum doesn't deserve a score prediction because he's not going. So <laughs> Neither are you. <laughs> yeah, true. I'll gladly not give one because I'm always wrong anyway. No, Cal, what's, uh, your, what's your thoughts? Um, my, my head says defeat, unfortunately. Um, and my heart says... I'll, I'll go 3-0 I'll go win with my heart, but my head says I think we'll lose 1-0. One, wow. one Unfortunately, I'm sorry, guys, to you guys who are going up. But um, the way they played against us uh, and then have got the positive result, I think it could be a very tough away fixture. It's definitely going to be a tough one. I'm going to agree with Vic and go one all. Adam, did you? Yeah, you went one all as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely take a point. There you go. Yeah, we'll we'll take a point there. Um, Cheltenham away, obviously, that's going to be an absolute banana skin. Um, haven't scored a goal, but rock bottom of the league. I mean, it should be a convincing away performance, but we know it's Derby County. It's not going to be that way. Is Curtis playing? I don't. I don't know if he's playing for them at the back. Is he starting every week? What's kind of going on? 
No I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. He's, I'm sure he's, he's definitely played. I think he's been on the bench the last few games. And that's not that's not surprising, to be honest, is it? I think after we saw him in the back end of, of last season, he's he's definitely his legs have definitely seen uh, have seen better days. Adam, coming to you with that one then, what's your thoughts on on that one? Must win. Anything but and then God knows what the podcast will be like the Sunday after. If we don't win there. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I'll, I'll go with a 2 0 uh, victory. Like Vic said, away from home, we seem to be pretty good. Um, obviously, I remember Cheltenham last season had a brilliant spell where we obviously scored three goals. And I reckon we'll win 2 0, be pretty solid, be a bit scrappy, um, but we'll get the job done. It'll be like be like pretty much all our away games this year, bar Peterborough, like I keep mentioning, pretty scrappy, but we get the goals. So hopefully, I'm correct. Hopefully, we win there. Let's hope so. Vic, what do you think? Well, anything less than a win. And I think Derby Twitter will be in a meltdown <laughs> and Paul Warren will be on the verge of the sack, I think. <laughs> um, like Adam says, it's a must win. Um, I'm going to go for 3-0. We need to make it convincing. Um, knowing I looked, they'll probably score and that'll be their first and only goal of the season. For 3-0, though, uh, I'm going to go for Nelson, Get a finally get a set-piece header. We'll have uh, we'll have Wagon with two. Getting back on the score sheet as well. But we've got to win. It's as simple as that. We definitely do. We definitely do. Because if we can't beat teams, no disrespect to Cambridge, but if we can't beat teams like Cambridge, we're going to have to pick up other other results. And, and if that's on the road at teams like Cheltenham, where, you know, actually I don't think with, with Cheltenham, teams will slip up there, but teams down the bottom will take points off of the, the top teams. Callum, what's your thoughts? Well, every time all of us go with optimism, that it always comes to bite us. So I'll be I'll be the negative one and I'll say we'll lose 2-0. <laughs> Callum, what is wrong with you tonight? You can't, we're going to lose both games. What's going on? I'm just being, the way it's going, I'm just being realistic. I'm just saying. There's going to be some hate the, for you on... Uh, here's the goal score. Oh, it's going to be a case, like, Davis. Every, every time I go, we're going to win 4-0, 3-0, and then it ends up being a draw. And mm. I'm, no. So, <laughs> so well, I'll, I'll be I'll be the, the negative one. And hopefully I'll get proven wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm God, God hoping that we're getting, <laughs> I'm going to get proven wrong. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I hope so too, in all honesty, Callum. I think my yeah my predictions for both. I think it's going to be um, obviously the one-one for, um, for for Blackpool away, and I think we might just nick a two-one away at Cheltenham. Um, Jake said nil-nil for both games. Jake, you can do. I'm so what sorry, Cam's Adam and Vic to go into those games. nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> They're both nil-nil. Awesome. Well, that's been the the review of the Cambridge game and and previewing the next two. Apologies if I've been jumpy on this because every so often your faces disappear and I get the uh, the swirling whirl of of doom. So uh, yeah, apologies if you if I've not made sense at, at some points. But I think my Wi-Fi's just about pulled through. Might need you to upload the episode, Callum. Hint, hint, wink, wink, if you wouldn't oh, mind. But uh... <laughs> There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks so much for, for listening. If you've got this far, thanks so much. Um, you may see the tweets and other forms of telling you that we are finalists in the fo- Football Content Awards. 
if you could vote for us that would be perfect you'll find out all that information on our socials and yeah your votes would mean the absolute world um also we have a preview coming out probably in the next 20 minutes or something callum is that right uh nine o'clock comes out nine nine o'clock so it's a double header tonight on rams talk so you've got the preview Mm. with uh someone from someone i know his name i should tell you i should tell you it's with amos win supposedly so hopefully they don't win. Amos win. That's pretty. That's a pretty solid name. That is. It is. Yeah. Pretty solid. Pretty solid name. It should be called Amos lose. Well, hopefully it's Amos lose. Um, that's about as far as my jokes go, to be honest. Um, but yeah, you'll you'll find that coming out at nine pm. So listen to that. Callum's uh, yeah done that with with Blackpool. Um, but that just leaves me to say thanks to you guys, and it's going to be goodbye from me, and it's going to be goodbye from them. Cheers, Jamie. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.